0: Welcome to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. I'm your host, Eric Flickinger, and I am delighted to welcome you to a brand new quarter. This quarter, we are looking at, in the crucible with Christ, we're looking at why bad things happen to good people. Why do Christians go through struggles? Why do they go through persecution? Why do they go through pain? Why does God allow that to happen? We're going to be spending 13 weeks 13 lessons diving into this and we are delighted to have with us this week the author of this quarter's sabbath school lesson gavin anthony gavin is the president of the iceland conference gavin welcome we're glad that you're here with us today
1: thank you so much it really indeed is a privilege to be here to be able to share some of the things that god has been sharing with me along my journey
0: and this journey the, to write this lesson, to author this lesson, and to share these things hasn't been something that's just kind of happened over the last couple of months or, or even years. It's kind of come into being over quite some time. Could you give us a little bit of background into how and why God impressed you to share this so that we can be benefited by something that God impressed you with?
1: Yes, it, it, it's, uh, I guess, a story of many years Um, But perhaps uh, when I was at college, I read a book by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. Um, I think it's the world's biggest selling daily devotional. And the key theme he has in that book is about complete yielding abandonment to God. And so I began to pray for God to really teach me what does it mean to be 100% yielded to God. Um, In my um, last year in my theological training, I was then asked to go out, take a a quarter out and go to Albania. Um, Albania had just gone through a horrendous uh, dictatorship, communist dictatorship, for over many years. And so I was there as a a young free Westerner beginning to hear the stories from people firsthand of what it was like to live under the incredible suffering that they had endured for many years. And, and I was told at the time that even Stalin told the dictator Enver Hoxha that he needed to ease up on the people. He was being too tough. So if, if that was a situation, you could imagine what it was like. So. As I was there over a number of months and I began to listen to some of these stories and one particular day I was down in the south of Albania talking to a lady um, many years before as the communist um, regime came into play they decided that they were going to escape over the border into Greece um, so they wouldn't be trapped in this new government So nobody knew about this except their Bible study group. And they made plans. She and her kids and her husband went in the middle of the night through the forest over to the border. And lo and behold, at the border, there are soldiers waiting for them. Someone in her Bible study group was an informer. And the consequence of that was that they went into a labor camp. Her children are taken away from her. Her husband um, suffered greatly, many beatings. He was a Sabbath keeper. He would refuse to work on Sabbath, which increased his pain even more, and he died as a result of his sufferings in that camp. The lady herself, um, over a period of 18 months, was kept in a metal box, one meter square. So when there was snow on the ground, when it was boiling hot, you couldn't stand up, you couldn't lie down properly. She suffered greatly, um, and of course her children were taken away from her. And I sat listening to her describe this story, and as I, I, I felt, uh, to be honest, like a fraud. Um, what did I know about suffering? I was young, free, I'd lived in freedom all my life. I never had to deal with any of these issues. But at the end of this conversation, she kind of leaned closer to me and she said, so where was God? Where was God when I was suffering? And you could tell there was a lot of passion and, and feeling in her voice. And, you know, I, I I prayed desperately to God. It's like, God, give me some words to say, um, because I, I just know what the Bible says. But I remember saying some words that, words that are encouraging from us from the Bible. And she leaned across the table and she squeezed my hand and smiled and said, thank you. But as I left her house, I just, as I said, I felt like a fraud. I I didn't know anything about this subject. And as I walked over, literally through the doorway of her house, I prayed and I said, God, one day I would love to write a book to help people understand this sort of thing and then of course I completely forgot that prayer I just went off and got on got started in in ministry but because I, I kept to praying this prayer God you know what does it mean to completely yield and abandon myself to you then just everything seemed to fall apart in my life and things became very painful and I many times I just didn't know how to cope and it was probably 13 years later which we kind of zoom up to the point where I began to start to write and it was only after I had written um, the first draft of the book I, I remembered this prayer this I had prayed to ask God to help me write about these things so suddenly what was random and painful and had no purpose suddenly seemed to have some purpose and perhaps where i thought god wasn't present um he actually was and he was doing something remarkable that i had no clue about
0: and he opened up the opportunity for you to to take what was originally supposed to be a book and it turned into the adult sabbath school bible study guide that we are that we're going to be digging into here over the course of the next 13 weeks uh, this is an important enough subject that it's actually been covered in the past already. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's right. Um, I, I mean, I originally wrote a book manuscript um, that was uh, that I sent to a publisher for consideration, and I realized that I was writing something that was important. That the, the evening, I remember very clearly, um, I was about to. Um, find the email address for the editor, send the manuscript and an evil spirit, an evil presence came into the room and all my hair just stood up on end and it's very hard to explain this but it's like the all the energy was being sucked out of my body and I, I stood up and my I had become so weakened so quickly that my knees buckled and all I could do was get the phone and call someone to pray because I realized what was happening. And of course, they 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 then rejected the manuscript, which seemed really strange at the time. It's like God, I know you're leading me. I can see you're doing something, and it was supposed to go in this direction, but it, it wasn't. Um, so after they the manuscript was rejected, I began to think, well, maybe maybe we could write Sabbath school lessons from this. Um, so I began to work on an outline. I essentially extracted the theological guts from the book and that became the framework for the sabbath school lessons and and then as a result of of that i then ended up being requested to write the book to go with it and now the lessons are being repeated and i, I get letters um i got many letters from people going through some really difficult time and saying listen i read those lessons i, I read your book um and a number of people um, were going to commit suicide, and then they they saw what God maybe be doing or could be doing in their lives. And it was such an encouragement to them. So, you know, this this is this is not a theological, theoretical subject. This is something that goes to the nitty gritty of all of our lives. And to be able to try and get a handle on why does God allow this? And we'll probably come back to this a number of times, you know. God is big and he's powerful and he says he loves me very much. But why is all this terrible stuff happening to me? And the danger is if we don't understand why God does what he does, then we will quit. It will just be too painful. God is not involved. So I'm finished. I'm out of here. And I hope that as we go through these lessons in this quarter, we can really begin to have, as I said, a a framework, a way of thinking about what is going on so that when difficult times come, and and they will if they haven't already, we have an idea of what to do about it and have maybe a little bit of a clue of what God is about and what he's doing.
0: So this is really something that applies to absolutely everybody. And and so many times we get questions about why are these things happening, what does it mean, and where where is God, where was God, that's what we're digging into this quarter. I want to dive into what we have here in our first week's lesson. You you draw out some very interesting points about Psalm 23 as it has to do with this, this journey that God has each person on. Open up Psalm 23 just a little bit here for us before we take a quick break.
1: Yes, well, if I back up a little bit, often we're familiar with this idea which we call the great controversy, what God is doing in the big picture, uh, the cosmic picture in history, but we don't necessarily think about how this boils down to or relates to me as an individual walking along the the path of life that we're on. Um, So there was uh, one day when I got a telephone call I was away from home, I was traveling and the news at the end was pretty hurtful and painful. Someone was being told someone had been gossiping about me and I was just stunned because the gossip was not, um, it wasn't small, it, it, was, it was really quite nasty. And I just was stunned. And I thought, how in the world, why, why would even someone want to say something like, something like this? Um, why does God allow this to happen to me? and, And I literally walked into my room, and it sounds a little bit of a cliche, but I just leaned back against the door and slid to the floor, and I just lay on the floor sobbing. I just could not understand it. And as I was lying there, the Holy Spirit said, Gavin, open your Bible. And I opened my Bible, and I found myself staring at Psalm 23, where God was talking about leading us in the paths of righteousness. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And I suddenly thought to myself, is what I am going through now on the path of righteousness? So we have the path of righteousness going somewhere, And sometimes we think, "Okay, what my suffering is, that's, that's different. It's got nothing to do with the path of righteousness. But it suddenly dawned on me as I began to look at the psalm, a whole picture opened up, which we're going to be exploring this week, that shows a whole overview. And these difficult things that we go through are often also on the path of righteousness.
0: And that's what we're going to be looking at when we come back in just a moment. What are those paths of righteousness? What do they look like? Are they always straight and smooth, or are there some bumps and challenges along the way? That's what we're going to look at when we come back in just a moment. But I want to encourage you, stop by the It Is Written store, itiswritten.shop, and pick up the companion book to this quarter's adult uh, Sabbath school Bible study guide. It's called The Refiner's Fire by gavin anthony if you are interested in this subject and i know that you are you are going to be very excited by what you find in that book again you'll find that at itiswritten.shop. dot shop we're going to come back in just a moment as we continue digging into psalm 23 going through it essentially verse by verse to find some encouragement for the road ahead we'll be right back Welcome back to Sabbath School, where we are looking at going in the crucible with Christ. We're here with Gavin Anthony, who is the author of the Sabbath School lesson, looking at, right now, Psalm 23. So the Lord impressed you. He brought you to Psalm 23 to help you understand and to help us understand what the paths of righteousness or right paths look like. Open that up to us just a little bit.
1: Well it's it's uh it's a very interesting um picture, and as I said before, I think it's really helpful to remember that this is an overview this this is a whole picture they're not just verses separated from each other because if we look at this psalm, you see it is a journey, and the sheep is going with the shepherd to a place which is the house of the lord so When we look at our Bibles, if you look in in verse two, um, well, verse one to start with, um, we have this statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But I remember praying one time and using the Psalms to pray, and that's a very helpful way to pray if you're kind of stuck on on what to pray for. And I read these these words, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And my first thought was, I do? There is stuff I want, um, and I don't seem to have it right now. And again, you know, if God is a good God and he loves me, why don't I get this stuff? And so right at the very beginning, we have this, I think, real challenge to us as we begin this journey on the paths of righteousness, that God's way of looking at my life and what he is doing may be very different and I think one of the things that we learn as we go and look at these different locations along the way is that sometimes God needs to take us along a particular path in order to extract out of us things which are not helpful for us on this journey. And so as, I, as we begin this, this uh, journey in the psalm, there's this reminder that, okay, I'm going to have to start this journey yielding everything to the shepherd. I cannot take all the stuff I want along. Or if I try to, um, the journey as I go may provide opportunities for God to take away some of the things which are unnecessary for me. So that's the beginning of it. Um, A call, I think, to yield to God everything that um, I I am and I have. But then we get to this second verse. Um, And if if you look at your Bible, maybe up on the screen, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. And immediately at the beginning of this psalm, you've got this picture of green grass and quiet waters. And of course, quiet waters, I don't know too much about sheep, but apparently sheep don't like to be drinking from fast-flowing water. So the shepherd has come in, the shepherd has dammed up a part of the stream, so it's quiet for the sheep to drink from. And there's lots of juicy grass uh, for the sheep to, to eat. So everything is lovely. And often we think, okay, I'm on a journey with God, and that's how it's all going to be. It's just going to be lovely and peaceful and restful. Um... But then it's not, and as I as I mentioned a moment ago, on the other side of the break, um, we can find ourselves on paths which are very painful, and maybe it's helpful before we go any further just to sort of list what these different locations are, and then we can come back to it. So, we have the green grass and quiet waters—that sort of location one—and then the paths go a little bit further, and. You get to uh, verse uh, 4, and there is the valley of the shadow of death, a place of darkness. It's pretty scary. Uh, What's going on there? Where is God? Um, And then the path keeps going um, to where there is a table. And on this table, there's lots of stuff that God has provided, but there's enemies standing around. And then finally, at the end of this path, there's the house of the lord and that's where we're going f- going to arrive at hopefully so the shepherd I'm the sheep jesus god is our shepherd and he's going to be leading along this path sometimes through these difficult destinations until we find ourselves at the house of the lord
0: so we're starting off in this this pleasant place these green pastures and still waters where the sheep are content they're they're happy and and as Christians, we would kind of, you know, if it were up to us, we'd probably like to stay in a place like that. But uh, the shepherd has some other designs for us. He knows what we need, and sometimes what we need is, well, always what we need is better than what we want. And so this next stage is, is going through the valley of the shadow of death. What, what's that all about? Why would God lead us through the valley of the shadow of death?
1: That's a good question. How, how do we end up there? Is it God? Is it me? And probably the answer is both. Um, But maybe first of all, let's just spend a moment on this idea about these paths being righteous paths, because then helps us understand what the um, what's going to be happening in this dark valley. So I think there are there are a number of reasons why these are right or righteous paths. Um, Firstly, these paths keep us in contact with the right person, the shepherd. The shepherd is walking along this path, and we're going to be with him. Um, secondly, it's taking us to the right place. We are, we're going to get to the house of the Lord. That's the destination. But here is the, the key idea, I think, here. And it's really an idea that we're going to be expanding throughout the rest of the, um, the series. Is that as we journey along the righteous path with the right righteous shepherd we become like him. We become, we begin to reflect his character. And I think this idea of becoming like Jesus, reflecting Jesus, is a lot to do with why we are on this journey. And so when we get to these, we suddenly find ourselves in this, the value of the shadow of the death. And I'm a sheep and it's dark and maybe there's thunder and lightning. Um, how did I get here? Well, maybe I just wandered off by myself. I wasn't thinking, or maybe I was deliberately going somewhere and I find myself in the dark. Um, or maybe maybe the shepherd is actually leading me into a place. And we'll come back to this later. But of course, remember when the children of Israel are going through the desert, they're not wandering all by themselves. They're not it's not Moses that they're following. They're following Jesus, and sometimes he he's, he takes he leads them to bitter waters or where there's no water at all. Again, we'll come back to to those examples later. But we get we when we're looking at this idea of a value of a shadow of death, it is a difficult place. And if you see in the text, um, the shepherd has a rod and a staff, and I suppose many people have different ideas about what these mean, but. A rod is something that you can beat back the enemies. Um, a, star- a, a staff, uh, maybe with a hook on the end, is a place to, uh, a way to rescue uh, the sheep that have fallen into a place that they didn't mean to fall into. So, the shepherd is in the middle of the shadow of the de- uh, valley of the shadow of death. He is beating back the enemies that maybe Satan has brought into our lives. He is rescuing us from our, our own foolishness sometimes. But whatever the case is, the shepherd is with us and he is equipped to rescue us and bring us out. Um, but as I said, we, we keep, we'll keep coming back to this over and over again. These times in the darkness when we are scared, we want to give up. Um, we're not sure if we like this at all. We don't even know if God is there. But it's in the darkness that we begin to learn to trust and put our faith in God, even if we can't see him. And I, so I, I think that the, this darkness, and again, in future episodes, we'll, we keep coming back to this idea. We begin to learn what faith really is. And so the darkness becomes an opportunity to mature in faith, to, to trust a God I cannot see.
0: So God is working in this darkness, this, this valley of the shadow of death and as we keep working down through psalm 23 david talks about god preparing a table but it's not a table surrounded by people that maybe we would want to be surrounded by share a little something about that table
1: yes i remember many years ago um i was talking to some children i think it was a a a children's story at church and i was saying okay Imagine there's lots, there's a table with lots of good food on it, but the the enemies are standing around. What do you think is going to happen? And they were just, of course, it was an easy question. They're going to steal it. Um, and, And that's the challenge. Sometimes the things that God gives us, whether it's a job, our reputation, relationships, we think that Satan can take away from us. And I think what we learn from this table is that when God gives you something, um, it is yours. No one can steal it. And again, like the Dark Valley, um, it's an opportunity to trust that God is there. He has given you everything you need. You don't need to worry, even though the circumstances around you may a little bit, be a little bit disturbing. Um, but the enemies, they will not steal anything that God has given to you.
0: And if somebody were to say, what is the key to understanding suffering? How could you succinctly share the answer to that? How do we understand suffering?
1: Well, the way I like to think about it is um, the key to understand understanding suffering is to understand that suffering is a key. And again, that's what we'll be unpacking throughout the quarter. And the fact that as we go through these difficult times, God redeems them. He uses these times um, to mature us to be like him. That is the goal. And I think it's really interesting when we get to the house of the Lord, if you look at Psalm 27 verse 4, it talks about how um, David has this longing to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of his life. And that is why the sheep doesn't give up and keeps going so that The sheep can be in the presence of the shepherd for the rest of his life.
0: Gavin, we're going to be taking a journey here for the next several weeks, several months, to understand suffering. I wonder if you might offer a prayer for those who are watching, for all of us to understand why and how God brings us through these challenging times. Yes, let me pray for you.
1: Father, I thank you that we do not walk alone. Thank you that you're with us in the dark as well as in the light. Thank you that the path we tread is for your glory. And may the pursuit of your glory grow in importance and value within our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us this week on Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written. We look forward to seeing you again next week as we continue this journey about being in the crucible with Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next time.